Good evening, everybody. Good morning. It's your boy Nightmare K Hawk back at it again with another podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, ooh, we got some independent news we have to talk about, folks. We have, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stories I have for you tonight. So, a lot of independent news, folks. A lot of things going on. So, we're going to kick it off with World Coin. That's right, folks. Sam Altman's World Coin is a Precursor to Global Universal Basic Income. So if you haven't seen the news about the world coin, we're definitely going to dive into it. So, biometric iris scanner being set up through Southern Europe. Precursor to a global digital ID system being ushered in for citizens around the world, whether they like it or not. Says technocrat CEO New Cubby that plans to scan the eyeballs of every human on the planet. I've been saying for nearly three years that the B system is based on the world's people accepting two technological components offered up by the Lucifer globalist elite, a globally recognized digital ID to replace the cards in your wallet and a globally recognized digital money to replace the cash in your wallet. The two together will comprise the foundation of a pundit global B system. From an article in Slay News, we learned today that the CEO of an outfit called WorldCoin has warned that a global digital ID system will be ushered in for citizens around the world whether they like it or not. WorldCoin has developed a system that it, that it pitches as the world's largest identity and financial public network. The company has created a database that links central bank digital currencies in form of digital tokens, the eventual replacement for cash with a digital ID system. The company has created its own form of digital money called the WorldCoin token. WLD. Linked to WorldCoin token is another WorldCoin product, WorldID. The WorldID is a digital identity system that collects biometric data for individuals and holds it in a database that links the WorldCoin token transaction. WorldCoin tokens and WorldID are connected and accessed via the company's World app. When it's all in place and no longer voluntary, these technologies will be used to create and enforce 15-minute cities, says Christy Anderson, a member of the EU Parliament from Germany. Watch her describe how it works below. And you folks can watch that video when you click on the link below. So, folks, WorldCoin is a setup. And I've, all been, I've always been skeptical about WorldCoin, even though I have said on numerous occasions I would sign up for it. Because I do think, I do believe in universal basic income. You folks know that. I will never lie to you on my podcast. You know how I feel about universal basic income. I think it's going to be needed as a lot of people start to lose their jobs over the next three to five years, folks. It is going to happen pretty quickly and pretty fast. So, uh, I mean, yes, it is a B system. It is a digital ID and it's also universal basic income. So it is going to be very dangerous, but a lot of people are signing up for not realizing what they're signing up for. Unfortunately, I know what I'll be signing up for, and I know there will be consequences. But folks, I have my decentralized cryptos. I will be fine, folks. So no big deal for me. Like I said, when the UBI comes, I'll be using to pay my normal bills, my monthly bills, and pretty much not give them any other reason to shut me down because I will use that money to pay bills and that's it. Pay off my student loans. That's it. Nothing else. No going on trips unless I can play it with Bitcoin or Dogecoin or some other decentralized crypto. You won't see me on trips, folks. 
Anyway, let me know what y'all think, folks. We got a lot of articles to get to, so let's jump into the next article. BIS, Blueprint for Unified Ledger, Global Control of All Assets, Information, and People. So that's right, folks. George Gammon talked about this. So we all heard the infamous World Economic Forum phrase, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. But how do global elites and central banks intend to roll out a diabolical scheme? Well, the Bank for International Settlements mapped it out in a recent published report on a proposed unified ledger called Blueprint for the Future Monetary System, Improving the Old, Enabling the New. Control of all assets. In simple terms, the BIS Blueprint proposes that all private property in the real world, such as money, houses, cars, etc., would be tokenized into digital assets within an everything-in-one-place global unified ledger. CBDCs would be core to the functioning of this tokenized world and serve as the reserve currency on the unified ledger. The transactions between CBDCs and tokenized assets, which represent real-world assets, would operate seamlessly through smart contracts on one programmable platform. Each token representing a real-world asset in this digital space would contain a large amount of data received from the real world in the real time about what it is, who it belongs to, etc., as well as rules on how the particular asset can and cannot be used. The BIS explained how these rules are set up by directly embedding supervisory features into the token itself, such uh, which can be tolerated to specific rules. The main takeaway of this BIS blueprint is that whatever happens in their dystopia digital world has leading binding impacts on assets in the real world. So maybe the WEF catchphrase should be, you may own digital tokens, but we will control the real assets. So in the graph, folks, and you folks will check this out, all the links will be in the description. So the rules will be what the asset can and cannot do, e.g. be used in smart contracts, information, what the asset is, where it comes from, and who owns it, etc., so control of all information, the data environment of this unified ledger would encompass all the tokenized assets plus all information necessary to incorporate real world events into any contagion performance of action. That's a that's a bold statement. We can only assume that that's that this means that the unified ledger wouldn't just store tokenized versions of everything piece of private property on the planet, but every piece of information from real-world events that could possibly impact assets or transactions on the global unified ledger. Folks, this is disgusting. What kind of information from the real world would be entered in this global database? We can only imagine, but the BIS does suggest that information stored and shared on this unified ledger could enhance financial inclusion by providing disadvantaged segments of the population, such as racial minorities, with alternative forms of credit by using non-traditional data, a feature that ominously compares to a social credit score. Control of all people. International organizations are coordinating to accelerate their plans for this global CBDC platform that centralizes control over all assets, information, and people. On the same day that the BIS blueprint was released, June 20, 2023, the Managing Director of International Monetary Fund revealed that the UN financial institutions working hard on the concept of a global CBDC platform. The timing of this announcement by the head of the IMF, coinciding with the BIS blueprint, is no coincidence. Geneva remarked 
We used to say before the pandemic that the future was digital. With the pandemic, the future arrived. We now have an accelerated transformation. Financial expert George Gammon remarked, the global elite have just revealed a Marxist agenda to control your life. Gammon added, I don't think most people can really grasp the type of power they would have. In this much-watched video, George Gammon breaks down the full BIS blueprint into plain language, including what it is, why it's terrifying, what you can do about it. We're, we are talking about a process of extreme financial repression where their assets control 100% of all real assets, remarked Catherine Austin Fitz in the second half of a recent Financial Rebellion episode. Fitz added that a unified ledger connected to a CBDC, CBDC system is so frightening because there's only one way to achieve that, and that's with massive slavery and mind control. Fitz also strongly believes that many of the efforts to constrain our health freedoms will be tied to the global unified ledger and implemented by controlling transactions. Catherine Austin Fitz highly recommended two solar reports under additional resources below for more information about what the financial transaction freedom means, what threatens it, and what we can do to prevent it from being taken away. So yeah, folks, they're really, really pushing this to usher this in. So again, folks, this is something you're going to have to re-digest. It is very, very disturbing. Really disturbing. But that's not all, folks. It gets worse. Argentina, that's right. Argentina begins to roll out biometric ATMs, folks. So if you're in Argentina, you might want to get out now. So good news for those in Argentina who want their ATMs to have biometric cap capabilities. Anyone? As of today, 90% of these machines in the country operated by Redlink, a company behind the largest ATM network here, have biometric tech in them. And the plan is to finish the job by the end of the year by adding the remaining 10% to the scheme. A press release issued by Redlink Partner tells of this and more, noting that the latter company is a world leader in transforming the way people shop and bank by means of automating and digitizing these processes. A U.S. company specific, uh, specifies that 90% of Redlink's ATM network in Argentina has been migrated to DN series ATMs. The slow march towards full migration started in 2017 with Redlink chosen partner and DN series starting to be included two years later. Currently, the system incorporates more than 40 banks in this uh, financial vulnerability South American country. Now with the DNS series, Redlink and the banks it works with are able to improve customer experience. An interesting choice of words to describe something to controversy as introduction of biometric fingerprints and facial recognition into people's daily lives. But that's just what's been introduced here. To improve the experience of a majority of Argentine ATM users, those behind the improvements promise better security effectively thanks to remotely optimized automated processes. This looks absolutely disgusting, folks. So when you read this article, you're going to throw up. There's more, th there's more that boast of lower cost of cash management, also something called personalized marketing to better engage customers. The last bit of PR fluff sounds like it was inspired by a line not befitting Redline, but a quote more recognition of an exchange from Little Red Riding Hood. And skeptics would say that that... This is also a way to make sure that if people are going to use cash after all, they need to be developed um, 
develop and implement it, and there are ways to still track and surveil their financial activities. Redlink senior uh, product owner Perez Wallace couldn't disagree more, at least in his public statement about his latest development. Redlink's partnership with DN has enabled us to become the leading technology partner for banks in Argentina. Wallace said, adding, after nearly six years of working together, the trust and collaboration achieved among the technical, operable, commercial, and management team have allowed us to build this relationship to ensure customers in Argentina have access to the most advanced and secure banking solutions in the world, in the country. This is absolute asinine. <laughs> they really believe that rolling out biometrics for people to take out cash is very more secure. Really now? I wonder who's going to have access to that biometric data. Maybe the Argentinian government? Maybe the U.S. government as well? Maybe the IMF? Maybe the World Bank? Maybe the BIS? Hmm. I wonder who's going to have access to that data. I mean, folks, you can't make this shit up in Hollywood film. You just can't. Well, moving on. So we got companies want to scan of your veins to be your access to stores, offices, hospitals, stadiums, and more. Let me read that again. So companies want scans of your veins to be your access to stores, offices, hospitals, stadiums, and more. So folks, it is getting dystopia as hell up in here. I'm serious, man. Over the next three to five years, folks, you're not going to recognize the world. And in the next 10 years, you're not even going to know that you live on planet Earth anymore. You're not even going to know that you live on the Earth anymore at all. In a movie that raises considerable privacy concerns and fears over this type of invasive technology becoming uh, permanent, Keo has launched a Wave Plus handle, handheld palm vein scanner, a device that extends biometric identification into numerous aspects of our daily lives, including payments, access controls, and ticketing. This encroachment comes amidst a rapid growth of the market for specialized biometric devices, raising further apprehension about a dystopian privacy compromised future. The Wave Plus touts a smartphone-sized screen and promises SOC2 compli compliant data protection. However, the widespread adoption of such technologies raises significant questions about privacy and the potential misuse of biometric data. Although Keo asserts that the device, which can be handheld or mounted on a wall or countertop, can support billions of users such a large-scale application inevitably amplifies the privacy risks involved. Keo strategizes strategy to ease the adoption of palm vein biometric includes the provision of no-code integration tools. This seems to encourage an uncritical acceptance of this invasive technology across businesses, regardless of their technological expertise. The company posted a wide array of adopters for the Wave Plus device, including retail stores, offices, hospitals, stadiums, resources, uh, resorts and airports. Such a broad application hints in the pervasive nature of the technology, leaving little room for individuals to opt out of having their biometric data captured and potentially stored. The Wave Plus is an iteration of the original Wave device, a desktop palm vein biometric scanner launched in late 2022. While the CEO of Keo, Jackson Klein, 
views the Wave Plus as a game changer. The device appears to push the boundary of privacy rights and poses considerable ethic questions. Keo, founded in 2015, has reportedly deployed more than 20,000 such devices around the world, highlighting the acceleration pace at which biometric surveillance is being normalized. See, this is what we talked about, folks. We told you this, that biometrics would be the next step. They're doing it right in front of your eyes as they keep you distracted with all this country singer stuff and all of this crap going on. You know, with Elon Musk changing Twitter to X company and now and all this stuff and people are getting excited about that, which is an enslavement trap, you know, but people can't see past the trees. They don't know that they're walking right into a trap. They really are. They're walking into a trap. It's absolutely asinine. You can't make this shit up in Hollywood film, folks. You just can't. You really freaking can't. And you're really going to have to learn to live in the forest, folks. You're really going to have to learn to live in the forest because this is really getting to the point where you're not going to be able to live in civilization anymore, folks. You're going to have to get your life skills back. <laughs> Excuse me. But anyway, moving on. Let me know what y'all think about that story. That's absolutely disgusting, but it gets worse. So Japan to deploy pre-crime style behavior detection technology. So dystopias happen in Japan and my cousin's moving to Japan. I hope she likes being enslaved. The Japan National Police Agency has decided to opt to adopt an AI-enhanced pre-crime surveillance camera to bolster the security measures surrounding VPNs. I mean, VIPs. This step comes in response to the commemoration of the shocking assassination of former Prime Minister and the rising threats posed by what the government called lone offenders. The use of AI in law enforcement is becoming commonplace globally. A 2019 study by the Cambridge Endowment for International Peace revealed that 52 out of the 176 nations surveyed were incorporating AI tools into their policing strategy. Notably, the effectiveness of such technology in monitoring abnormal behavior and providing better deployment of police officers has been endorsed by, and I'm not even going to say this Japanese name, a counter-terrorist expert at the Tokyo-based Council for Public Policy. The National Police Agency plans to carry out tests on these AI-integrated cameras within the current fiscal year set to conclude in March of 2024. These cameras are capable of behavior detection and facial recognition. However, in a bid to protect privacy, only the former will be utilized. A decision in alignment with the recent EU regulation that limits the use of facial recognition due to potential privacy concerns. It is imperative to note that while the use of AI surveillance technology can prove to be an asset in enhanced security measures, it also raises critical questions about privacy. So, folks, it's getting dystopian around the world, man. And it's really going to be hard to really get a second passport, move around. So, if you're going to move to a country, folks, you might want to do it in the next 12 to 18 months. I'm dead serious. You might want to really, 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 really... Pay attention to what country you're trying to go to. But folks, this system's going to be everywhere. You're not going to be able to live in any country where the system doesn't exist. Because like I just read earlier, that unified ledger is going to be global. That freaking universal basic income is going to be global. Everybody named Mama going to be getting that universal basic income. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely asinine. But you can't make this shit up in a Hollywood film.
All right, folks, so let's get into cobalt. So mining cobalt sacrifices African children on the green altar of technocracy. So cobalt is an essential to modern technology. All sorts of electronic devices rely on it, along with other elements such as aluminum. Solar panels on electric vehicles, EVs, wouldn't function without them, while the environmental delegation associated with both lithium and cobalt extraction is well established. The issue around cobalt are even more pugnant because of the manner in which it is mined in the Democrat Republic of Congo. A new book, Cobalt Red, How the Blood of the Congo Powers Our Lives, published in January this year, details the human suffering, especially of children, directly involved in the mining, written by a nothing Nottingham University professor, Kyra, from first-hand knowledge gained by visiting the Congo. This is a book that should be required reading for every local authority that is implementing the Net Zero Agenda. You can read a review here. Professor Kyra is a British academic global professor and rights lab associate professor of human trafficking and modern slavery. He advised several UN agencies and numerous governments on anti-slavery policy and the law. We should take him seriously. What happens in the Congo matters because it is the largest producer of cobalt, accounting for 70% of global production. In 2022, there was a report output of 130,000 tons. The next largest producer, Russia, mined 8,900 tons. At the time when there is growing uh, resentment of the plight of the children of the world, when more people are becoming aware of the sound of freedom in the film about child trafficking, it is impossible to recognize what is happening in the Congo with saving the planet through the use of renewables and other technology. It is not acceptable that children should be sacrificed for us to live in our own little tech-enhanced ego bubble, and yet there are virtual signaling green councils who boast about their use of appropriate technology, which includes solar panels and EVs, who seem to have no idea about the inappropriateness of such technology. These fake green councils are in denial about so much. They have no awareness of the history of climate science or how it all grew out of the Allergaard's Club of Rome back in the 70s. Instead, they want to believe that they were decades of concern, scientists warning humanity about climate change, and then the elites took over. They are so willfully ignorant. The twisting of the history of climate science matters because that, that way we fail to spot the deliberate manipulation. If it were too obvious that billionaires are behind the whole scam, we might struggle to believe the science. In the same way, we aren't supposed to know that the billionaires fund activists such as XR who keep the greenest of green councils on track, forcing councils to focus on the so-called evil of fossil fuels and carbon reduction is a way of distracting from the even greater evil of cobalt extraction, of cobalt extractions. We should all be demanding that our local councils develop their own ecological policy, independent of pressure from international billionaires and their activist lackeys. We want policies that have integrity and, gen and genu geniusly cared about the planet and its people, not the cruel and damaging policies of fake greens who dance to the tune of billionaires who do not care about anything except themselves. Personally, I would be more them willing to accept a few degrees of warming and no carbon reduction as if that makes any difference anyway. If I knew that 
that meant an end to children being exploited and and the flamingos returning to the area where the lithium comes from. Having less tech would hardly be a disaster for us in the West. Indeed, it might be an important step in healing the damage humans have inflicted on the earth and its inhabitants. I agree with I agree with this professor 100%. If it means that we have less tech in the West just to help out the children of the uh Democratic Republic of Congo, then you damn right we should do that because these these fake ass greens don't even know climate science if it hit them in the face. They just take orders from freaking billionaires and care less about the plan. 100%, I agree with that article. But anyway, folks, let me know what y'all think about that article. I think that was a damn good article. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen it, Kamala Harris, man, this woman, this vice president is the worst vice president in human history. This woman sucks. So, if you haven't seen the video, it'll be in the link in the description below. Definitely check out this article. So, Kamala Harris at an address in Florida talked about when we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce and reduce population. <laughs> so Vice President Harris mistakenly suggests that one of the goals of investing in clean energy is population reduction. When President Joe Biden and I took office, we set an ambiguous goal to cut our greenhouse gas emission in half by 2030 and to reach net zero emissions by 2050. Harris told an audience at Copping State University in Baltimore on Friday. I can't talk tonight, folks. Been playing too much division. According to the official transcript, the 58-year-old vice president meant to say pollution, not population. Folks, you got to look at this video. It's absolutely clownish. Ms. Harris spoke at the event to address the Environmental Protection Agency $20 billion investment program across two grant competitions under the Biden administration's Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund that aims to spark clean energy investments across the country. After clips of Ms. Harris' verbal miscue emerged online, social media users and a number of Republican figures seized on the error to suggest that Biden administration was publicly calling to reduce the population in the United States. Responding to Ms. Harris' verbal slip-up in a Twitter post, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene asked the vice president what exactly she meant by reducing the pop population. Abortion, assist, suicide, or what means are you suggesting to reduce population in order to help public health? Republican Thomas Massey, meanwhile, warned his followers on Twitter, asked, are you the population she wants to reduce? Kamala Harris admits she wants to reduce the population for environmental reasons. Ohio State Senator Michael Rugg said in a post on Twitter, that's not just anti-American, that's anti-human. Tesla CEO Musk, Elon Musk, also commented on the vice president, mixed up other phrase, tweeting, we need to increase population. So, folks, they're not even hiding it anymore. They're not even hiding it anymore. They're telling you directly on live television and live in front of your face that they want to kill you. Like, seriously, it's, un it's, it's, it's absolutely ass night. You can't make this shit up in a Hollywood film. You, you really can't. You really freaking can't. That Kamala Harris would admit on Twitter that she wants to reduce population for environmental reasons. You see what the carbon they want to get rid of? It's you. We've been telling you this for years. When they talk about 
net zero and, and no more carbon, they mean you. You're the carbon they want to get rid of. The trees, the flowers, the bees, the birds, the, the dogs, the cats. Everything that has carbon in it, because most things on the planet is a carbon-based life form, they want to get rid of. That means you. You, the, the, the person that's, that's, that's spending $30 at McDonald's, the person that's spending money at Arby's, that's you. That's the carbon they want to get rid of. You. Period in the story. There is no arguing that. Like, you have to read this article for yourself, folks. Go look at the video. The video's in the article. You can look at the video yourself. It's absolutely asinine. Like, I was in shock when I saw the video, but I was just like, you gotta be a bubbling fool to say that loud and in person. And what made it worse, folks, about that video is that people in the audience applauded that. That's absolutely sick, man. These are some sick, twisted, deranged individuals. Seriously, these are some sick people, man. They really are. They're some sick-ass people. You can't make this shit up in Hollywood films. You just fucking can't. You really fucking cannot. It's disgusting. But anyway, folks, we're at our last story tonight, and that's Google. So Google is developing AI to write news stories. So if you thought fake news was rampant now... You thought the mainstream mainstream media sucked now. It's going to really be worse now that AI can now write news stories. And I think AI writing news stories will be interesting. But again, it's Google. Do you trust Google? Absolutely freaking not. So Google is testing a product that uses artificial intelligence technology to produce news stories. Pitching it to news organizations including the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal... Uh, News Corp, according to three people familiar with the matter, the tool known initially by the working title Genesis can take in information, details of current events, for example, and generate news copy. The people said, speaking on the condition of the anonymous to discuss the product, one of the three people familiar with the product said that Google believed it could serve as a kind of personal assistant for journalists, automating some tasks to free up time for others, and that the company saw it as responsible technology that could help steer the publishing industry away from the pitfalls of generated AI. Some executive who saw Google's pitch described it as an unsettling, asking not to be identified, discussing a confidential matter. Two people said it seemed to take for granted the effort that went into producing accurate and artful news stories. A Google spokeswoman did not immediately respond to a request for comment. The Times and the Post declined to comment. We have an excellent relationship with Google and we appreciate and we appreciate Sundare's long-term commitment to journalism. A News Corp spokesman said in a statement referring to Google's chief executive, Jeff a journalist, professor, and a media commentator said Google's new tool, as described, had potential upsides and downsides. If this technology can deliver factual information reliably, journalists should use the tool, said Mr. Jarvis, director of the Tao Knight Center for Entrepreneurial Journalists at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at the City University of New York. If, on the other hand, it is misused by journalists and news organizations on topics that require 
numerous and cultural understanding, he continued, then it could damage the credibility not only not only of the tool, but of the news organizations that use it. News organizations around the world are grappling with whether to use artificial intelligence tools in their newsrooms. Many, including The Times, NPR, and Insider, have notified employees that they intend to explore potential use of AI to see how it might be responsible applied to the high-stakes realm of news, where seconds count and accuracy is prudent. But Google's new tool is sure to spur anxiety, too, among journalists who have been writing their own articles for centuries. Some new organizations, including the Associated Press, have long used AI to generate stories about matters including corporate earnings reports, but they remain a small fraction of the service articles compared with those generated by journalists. Artificial intelligence could change that, enabling users to generate articles on a wider scale that, if not edited and checked correctly, could spread misinformation affect how traditional writing stories are perceived. So, ladies and gentlemen, get ready, because your news is about to change. It's no longer going to be written by humans. It's going to be written by artificial intelligence, folks. And we told you, man. We told you, ladies and gentlemen. We told you, LGBT, that in the future, AI is going to be doing everything for you. And I'm serious. A lot of you are about to be unemployed. It's no questions about that. That's a real thing. A lot of us are going to be unemployed, folks. So it's absolutely asinine. But it is what it is. And if you're a human that understands the times and the things that are changing, then you better get yourself prepared for the fourth industrial revolution because it's coming faster than you think. And if the masses don't wake up, folks... It's going to be too little, too late. You're not going to have a job. You're going to be living on universal basis. You're going to be told what to do. You're going to be trapped in a digital prison. You're not going to be able to travel anywhere. You're going to have digital IDs. You're not going to own a car anymore. They're going to take that away. You know, everyone's going to be using rideshare. And you'll be using self-driving cars. And they only want the elites to freaking have cars. You're going to be living in your 15-minute city or your 10-minute city or your 5-minute city. Whatever, how many minutes it is, that's where you're going to be living. You're not going to be allowed out. You're only going to be allowed to travel once every three years. Um, you're only going to be able to have a set amount of clothes. You're going to be renting clothes. You're not even going to own any clothes. So it's going to be absolutely asinine, folks. It's going to be absolutely asinine. The world's going to change as we know it. And if we don't stop these parasites, it's over, folks. And, and Doug, he could tell me all about how freaking Monero is going to save you. None of these cryptos are going to save you, folks. Because the minute you even mention Monero out of your mouth, you're going to jail. As soon as you type the word Monero, the cops going to be at your door arresting you and throwing you in a cage. That's why they're letting all the criminals out. All the freaking bad people are being let out. That's why they want to make pedophilia normal again. That's why they're changing the freaking child labor laws in the United States again. Why do you think in the future, in the near future, in the United States, your next bartender that you get a freaking, that you're at a pub at, getting a beer, is probably going to be serving you at the age of 14 years old. Not 18, folks. 14. Okay? Why do you think they want to give children consent to have sex now? Because in this new world that we're heading, this new normal, 
having sex with children will no longer be a crime. At all. They're about to take that away. They're about to make it that if you have sex with a child, that's just that's just as just if you were having sex with an adult. It's absolutely asinine. Look what they're teaching your children in school. Giving all these 9, 10, 11 year olds sexualized books. Teaching four year olds how to finger themselves and masturbate. That's absolutely disgusting. No child should be learning that at that age. But this is what they're trying to teach your kids in school. And for those people who have their kids at home, well, they should be teaching them stuff. And they don't know how to teach them stuff when you need to hire somebody to teach your kid about what's happening. Okay? That's a real point. Again, nothing wrong with smoking weed. But it's a problem if you're smoking weed and you're not teaching your kids anything. Right? You're not allowing your kids to interact with other kids. You're not allowing your kids to understand the world they're about to head into. That's why you see a lot of these kids want to be influencers. You know, that's why they don't know how to act when they get a lot of money because they don't understand anything. But anyway, folks, I'm going to get the hell out of here because I'm ranting now. But that's the whole show, folks. This this uh, podcast will be out on Wednesday, 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 a.m. Pacific. So this is your boy, Nightmare Can't Help, signing out. This is a big week for me, folks. You know, got to get that paperwork done. Got to get to Amazon and everything like that, and we'll go from there. And uh, so I will be calling my doctor this week to get that paperwork so I can fax it on over to them. And then uh, we'll see what happens, folks, going forward. But uh, I will holler at y'all next weekend for some more crypto and Xbox news, and then we will do the independent news. I'm out. Peace.